FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsored links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, our first guest for episode 426 wrap-up show brought to you by Guts Racing is Chris Cooksey from Cooksey Media. What's up, dude? What up? Uh, I like Guts, man. I got I to gotta try one of those. Like, I have the tall seat, but I want to try the tall, fat seat. So, man, it, it, feels, it feels good to be on a show talking about a race that's, well... It was nice to have a race this weekend. It's just something in the news. It's pretty badass. It's got us excited. Uh, I also want to uh, introduce my second guest, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from Race Tech Checkers. What's up, dude? Awesome. I didn't know it was 426. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's 426, dude. It's coming. I mean, we'll be at 500 before we know it. Um, you know, in the past checkers, I've always just introduced you as Chris. You know, I didn't realize until Iowa the other day that like everybody knows you as checkers. Yeah, for a while, my trackside support guy didn't think Chris worked at Race Tech and told people at events and stuff that he didn't know who Chris was. And he <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, earlier I, I, when I told Cooksey who was going to be on, he goes, "Oh, I thought that was I thought checkers was going to be on." I was like, "Yeah, same guy, dude." So. <laughs> yeah, hey well, checkers, don't feel bad. I've I've had somebody come up to me and say, hey, Cooksey, what's your last name? I'm like, that's my name, dude. Oh, that's just what they called you. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about tonight, episode 426. As I said, Chris Kiefer, the always 
popular co-host. We had phone call guests Mitch Payton from Pro Circuit, the Seven Deuce Deuce, Cade Clayson, Logan Carno came on, and of course Jason Thomas. So the first thing, you guys actually, I asked for your top fives, and your guys' top fives almost matched up to a degree. The first thing I want to talk about is probably the best guest of the night. No, no disrespect to the other guys, but Mitch Payton from Pro Circuit Cooksey. Um, we don't get to hear Mitch on here very often. He's not a regular guest, but fantastic stuff from him. Dude, Mitch brought the heat right off the bat. He had to have been listening to hear the rant from Steve before no, yeah. to, to talk about Trump. That was just like, I don't, I don't think he was listening, but that was just, it couldn't have been better timing the way he called it out after Steve did his little rant. And yeah, that, that was good stuff. And by the way, every time you say 426, I have a nightmare because that was the worst bike I ever had was my YZ 426. So <laughs> Yeah, not a good machine. Yeah, I never rode one of those, but I've heard I've heard horror stories. But yeah, you mentioned the the political talk, and we're going to obviously get into that topic. But yeah, you know, Steve had been kind of talking about how he disliked uh, President Trump, and Mitch Payton comes in and talks about at least gave a couple positives of the guy. You know that he is for business, and Mitch talked about the business and the sport right now. Right, he talked about it being a little bit scary during when the COVID thing first started. And then orders started coming back in. They started re- customers started placing the orders or replacing their orders. Both of you guys, Cooksey, you work for WPS and Fly Racing. Checkers, obviously, Race Tech. Uh, I'm sure you guys. I'm asking you, Checkers, you've seen the same thing. Mitch Payton's probably on the had the hit the nail on the head. I would assume. For sure, and it's it's hard parts across the board. I talk to you guys all the time. It's great to hear, um, and yeah, business is good. And so that part of it was just refreshing to hear because all of us were scared and then you know so to bring positivity was cool and then just the story from Mitch or man he's so such a good storyteller and he has a good voice for radio it's just soothing to listen to him and yeah uh, he's such an icon of the sport right yeah I think one of my favorite moments of all time at Pulp was like you know Mitch and and the TLD stories or both those guys talking with each other uh, those, like, I really feel like it's time for Steve to probably dive back into those two guys, get them both on, and just do a story time type of show, Cooksey. Uh, but, again, the stories with Mitch Payton were the highlight. Hey, did you guys notice how quick Steve went from, like, totally anti-Trump, Trump's a complete moron, to, <laughs> yeah, everyone has their opinions, but it's funny how somebody is commanding. When Mitch Payton talks, you just go, yes, sir, yes, sir. And it's, it's crazy how he does that to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. You just, it's just Mitch Payton. There's nothing you can do. You just, yes, sir, I'll, I'll respect your opinion. <laughs> right. Well, Steve did say that, you know, he respects that other people have differences of opinion, which, tip, you know, that's typically when, we, when people get into politics, uh, there isn't a lot of respect typically. Steve did, definitely had his points, checkers, or his opinions, but he, he's pretty respectful. I mean, even when he talks about Ping uh, and the issue they've had in the past, he, he says, you know, hey, I respect the guy has another opinion, but you got to also respect that I have my opinion, and it really doesn't have to be an argument. Like he, Steve says, you know, like it's, we could talk about these things. It's conversation, uh, you know, which I appreciate. Well, that is, that is Pulp and Rex, right? Like yep. Steve is the master of not so much the argument. Even, even with JT and stuff, it's a debate. Um, and there wouldn't be Pulp and Mex if it was an argument all the time. It's entertaining because it's a debate, and he'll let the other person preach their side. And um, I think we've talked about it even before in our wrap-up shows that Steve will argue his point to the death, even when he proves himself wrong with his words sometimes. <laughs> Very true. But because he loves a good debate, uh, 
but you can't have a good debate without being open to the other side and letting them talk. And he definitely does. And going back to Kirk Cooksey's thing is, I think that's just it's made me an icon in the industry of who can argue with the guy. Like he, there's a lot of respect there in general. And he, I definitely did notice too. Steve backed down the, his rant level went from rant level to just discussion level and <laughs> just listening <laughs> versus yeah. versus pushing pushing his. Uh, his thoughts and agenda. I mean, he was fired up right away at the beginning of the show. Yeah, he was. Okay, yeah. okay, checkers, checkers. I got to call you out. Um, yeah. So you talked about Steve and the argument. You and and I know we have a mutual friend. Do you think that I do some of that stuff where I just do it for shock value, or was this guy in left field? I've actually asked our mutual friend that question a, a handful of times. Of are you off your rocker, or is it? Uh, do you really believe this, or are you just yeah you're doing it for shock value? Um, the the hard part is is with um, for like Steve or Mitch Payton or any of those guys to do it. They're super established people, right? Like yeah, you they have so much credibility and stuff, and I don't think you can do it if you're not one of those guys, right? Like without people questioning it. If Steve didn't put out so much content people would have that same question about him because he takes that same hard stance to one side. and But he puts out so much content that people hear his voice so often and know how he works and argues and operates that it's like, oh, Steve's being Steve or Steve really believes this. I mean, you still have some of the question, but you listen to it. Whereas if myself or yourself or someone else like that takes that hard stance, we're not in the media enough at this point yet to for people to really know. And that's why like, I'll go to our, our mutual friend and say, dude, is, is Cooksey, does he really believe this? Is he just trying to, you know, get a reaction? Like, what's the deal? Because I don't, like, we haven't been exposed enough to to yourself. So that's that's interesting. You really yeah. Know, because it's just it's just who Steve is, right? Like, with, yeah. with his stuff. And you just take yeah. it for what he, what he is or who he is, right? Yeah, and it's and it's it, it's awesome. But I'll I'll tell you this, checkers, the stuff that I write, I'll base it like off of my opinion. I base it. I I'm open to new opinions. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I I don't ever do it for shock value. I do it because I genuinely believe that. And yeah, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not scared to say my opinion, even if it's unpopular. But yeah, there's plenty of times where I went fuck yeah, that was that was probably the wrong thing to say, but. I'll give you exactly what I think, and I can 100% tell you I don't do it for shock value. I do what I like to do. Now, our mutual friend used to clickbait him with the uh, the headline was a little bit that way, but that wasn't me. <laughs> so, fair enough. Well, to your point, Checkers, you know, I've, you know, with my show, the Moto X Pod show, thank you, uh, you know, we've been doing it for a few years, but I definitely, I don't go out, like, I don't have these uh, clickbait type, uh, you know, headlines or whatever. You know, and Cooksey will ask some questions that I probably would not ask because honestly, I'm feel like it wouldn't take much for Sean Brennan of to just say, you know what, uh, you're not welcome back. Like the the one question that I asked Adam Cianciarella last year at Colorado, we're getting off the pulp topic. I apologize, but when I asked him about the 450 deal being signed early, Sean kind of pulled me to the side and was like, dude, you know, you you can't say you got you can't. Like you can't ruffle the feathers because these teams won't talk to you and they won't want you here. And honestly, for me, that kind of scared me a little bit because I don't want to have my credentials pulled. But a guy like Steve, you know, he he has the respect. He's been in the industry. He he he's done it long enough that he can, 
even call out the the felds and the amas and do it you know properly and doesn't really get any trouble and that that's definitely well, one of the reasons i love to listen you know i i can't say some of those things for sure and i've had a couple agents come over to me and tell me they love it when i get their guys fired up and i said i'm not trying to get them fired up i'm just asking what we want to know and i disagree a little bit on that credibility i've been around this sport my whole life i mean i I mean, I didn't wrench for a team, but I've got a different look because I went to college and got away from it for a little bit. So I feel like I almost have a little bit broader look of other world and the industry at the same time. So I bring a different perspective, and that's why I'm not scared to do it. And that's why I do feel like I have that credibility. And, if, dude, if they want to pull my credential for asking a legit question that I really want to know, pull it. Because I shouldn't be there. If that's, if that's how they feel, I'll do it from somewhere else. Gotcha. So. Fair enough. Well, let's get back to Pulp. Um, the uh, the first guest I want to talk, or the second guest I want to talk about, is Adam Entenap and Cade Clayson. They they kind of both talk, touched on a topic that riled up Kiefer just a little bit, and they both kind of mentioned that they don't really love outdoors. Uh, Adam said it sucks. Cade said, you know, really, it's kind of mentioned it's more about the money. Can't really make the money he'd like to. Uh, we all know this. We all know the outdoors doesn't really pay well. But I like the fact that both these guys mentioned this and that Kiefer got a little riled up, uh, uh, Checkers. You know, he, he said, like, man, don't you love riding your dirt bike? And you can just tell Kiefer comes from it from a totally different uh, position. For sure. And I hear it a lot because I deal with a lot of the privateer guys. And, I mean, I could – I speak very openly when Jerry Robin was going through rebuilding his program um, when he decided to separate from Lindsay's team. Mm -hmm. uh, I told him to get a 450 and skip outdoors or do one or two that are close but make financial sense for him. Because the difference is, is it doesn't mean they don't have the passion to go race, but that's their sole income, right? Like that's their, that's their job. And it's bad business to go spend money to go racing. And, you know, not help if you're not moving forward. If you're use nationals to build your fitness up or to continue racing because you think that's what's going to help you succeed in Supercross the next year, that investment makes a lot of sense. Um, whereas Keeper loves motorcycles and dirt bikes, but just riding dirt bikes and creating content is, you know, is his income. And so it was weird to see him get fired up, but that just shows his passion for, for loving riding and stuff. But I can relate to it. Whereas, you know, and Cade was trying to say it, he spent money out of his own pocket last year to go race outdoors. Mm -hmm. It's not that he doesn't want to race them. It's, it has to make financial sense for him to go race them, where I believe the the Entignap thing was more of, I don't make money there, and it's not financially beneficial to him, and it's not personally beneficial to him. And I don't think you'll find anyone that loves dirt bikes more than, more than Adam still. I think he's still on that same level of of doing it, but it's not a lot of fun to go just completely bust your butt every single day, travel across the country on your own dime, and have all that stress when you can stay home and practice and perform your craft and take a needed break if you need to. Um, it's just setting a difference of, you know, Keeper signed up for Nationals last year on his own because he wanted to for fun. Mm -hmm. And for those guys, when they sign up, they have to be at their very best, or it makes them look worse to sponsors. It lowers their value, and that's their that's their career at this point in time. Yeah, and Cooksey, what do you think? Or you know, we love Kiefer. We love we know that he loves dirt bikes, sex, and sandwiches. I mean, that's <laughs> like that's what his world revolves around. But the man loves motorcycles. Like he 
he really just didn't seem like he could comprehend that these guys just didn't want to go race nationals. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't be about the money. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, basically, if you're if you're counting on that money, then you're do, you're in the wrong business. Basically, is what he was saying. But Kiefer's perspective is still it's it's interesting, right? I mean, he's he's a different side of the coin, and it's just his his outlook on life and on the sport is still it's kind of beautiful. I'm not gonna lie when when they when they said that I felt just like Kiefer, as somebody who just loves like I live to ride my dirt bike. At my age, I still, the night before I'm going riding, not racing, riding, I have a hard time sleeping because I'm so excited. And then to hear these guys say, you know, it sounded really prima donna when Adam was talking about, like, hey, I'm not going to do it. It's too hard. I don't make money. And it it, it was almost insulting to those of us who who love the sport. It it really was kind of a slap in the face, like, wait, we cheer for you. We do all, like, you you just don't want to hear that from the guys making money, and I understand 100% their point, and I think the Outdoor Nationals, there's a lot of money on the table that probably could be shared with those guys, but even hearing them say it like that, it definitely, I see where Kiefer was coming from. I also understand from the rider's point of view, but they can't come out like that. They got to they gotta rephrase that because it, it was insulting to the weekend warrior. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I was insulted by it, but I definitely – get the feeling when i hear that kind of stuff of like man if i if i was in that position i can't imagine feeling that way if i had their opportunity but i'm not in that position but yeah i i mean i I guess i get both sides i can kind of understand that it is a struggle but it's good to get these conversations and get these debates on the show um oh go ahead so how many of these riders when they when they you know quit early go work a regular job how appreciative are they when they come back and i think that's kind of what it's like, come on, guys! You really you get to go ride a dirt bike. It's not really work. So yeah. Um. All right, checkers. Did you did you get Adam's uh, analogy of motocross is like a white chocolate covered strawberry and supercross <laughs> is like a regular chocolate strawberry? Because personally, I'm more of a white chocolate guy, but I don't even like strawberries, so it didn't work for me. No, it went way over my head. Um, <laughs> I, I prefer just plain <laughs> strawberries anyway. Okay, but. Uh, to me, they're, so to me, they're both the same. So right. So I didn't get it at all. Uh, but uh, well, I mean, I, I guess just in general, I appreciate their their honesty and how before coming of it doesn't make sense. But I I never actually thought of it the way that that yourself is a little bit and Cookie a hundred percent felt um, as a weekend warrior. You know, now is this you know that's what you're doing, and it's a, it'd be a dream to go ride all the national tracks and stuff, right? And if you can yeah. even make it break even financially and the memories and, and whatnot. I didn't even look at it that way. And I definitely could totally see that. Um, at the same point, I appreciate that they're able to just come out and say it versus, uh, well, my team doesn't support me to do outdoors. To me, yeah. something along those lines. Well, I can relate it. And Cooksey probably can too, a little bit too. Let's, let's take Mathis and even Kiefer who Kiefer doesn't want to go to the races, man. It's a, it's such a headache to go to the races and be there all day. And Mathis is like, oh, the travel. You know, we hear this all the time. And at least myself, I would love there. I'd be do anything to be at every round at this point, at least in my life, in my in the quote unquote career or whatever you want to call it that I have. Like, I can't relate. I'm I'm jealous that I can't be at all these races and be there and and be at the airport in the morning i don't give a damn with it about the travel i want to be at the races so i don't relate just like i don't relate to these riders i mean cooksey do you agree with that or no i would absolutely agree with that and i was thinking the same thing yeah and every time 
I don't know how Kiefer doesn't enjoy being at the races, but I guess it's just not his thing. And he and he is a different part of the industry as far as the way he rides and tests, whereas you and I are kind of like a little bit more watch the races type stuff. So, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, but I, I get it, but I don't, I guess. Well, let's move on to uh, really the, the big topic of the night, I guess, the, the politics. We're going to go ahead and touch on this a little bit more. Steve, you know, Steve says, hey, it's not about the Republicans and the Democrats. He just doesn't like the human being that Donald Trump is. Uh, Cooksey, I know you don't completely agree with him, but I do. You know, Steve brought up the topic of, hey, I I don't even really understand why I got the stimulus check, which a lot of us don't understand, right? And why any of us got it, because we think we made more than than the allotted amount, our households. But Steve's going to give six $200 Amazon gift cards to a lucky Pulpamex listener. All you got to do is go to contest at com and enter. But he, he just doesn't like Donald Trump. And he even challenges the listeners. He says he'll give him 500 bucks if he can find a, if anybody can find a moment when he bashed the previous Republican president, George Bush. Um, go ahead, Cooksey. I know you, you don't totally agree with Steve on this, but uh, it was interesting. Anyway, well, politics no. aren't my thing. It's not really my thing either, and I, dude, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I voted for Obama. I voted for Trump. I vote for whoever I think has the best issues in front of me. And if you're going to put Hillary Clinton against Donald Trump, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because she was horrible. Now, you give me any other decent opportunity or just anyone, I probably would have voted against Donald Trump. And I will agree with Steve. He's probably a tool, and he's probably not a guy that I'd want to hang out with. Right. Um, he's probably not a good person. But... When you take a look at that pond in Washington and, and the scumbags that are there and the things they're trying to do, he's our best option. And I agree with Mitch Payton that I'm glad he's the guy that's kind of calling them out when they're sliding this stuff. Nancy Pelosi, like, loading these bills with these little things. And, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I don't want to get too far off on it because I can. And I, I even posted an article a while ago, and then I just took it down. So I'm like, I'm not a political guy, so I don't want to get into this. Which is actually you'll never win an argument on Facebook. Right, so. which is actually what Kiefer said. He's not a political guy. He just wants to treat people the way they treat him. That's the Chris Kiefer we know. Checkers, uh, Mathis also said that you know his, his thoughts are that pretty much all politicians are crappy people. I kind of get where he's coming from. I don't know enough politicians, but I definitely personally have the feeling – that I don't trust any of them. I never believe what they say because it's all, you know, trying to get their foot in the door and to get the position they want. They're going to say what they feel is going to get them the vote. Um, but what do you think about Steve? What do you even think about the po- political talk on the show? Do you like it? Um, no, nah, I'm, I'm more or less pure the motocross stuff. Yeah. But I will say I 100% <laughs> respect the fact that Steve, he put his money where his mouth is. Right? Like, I think that's that's awesome, and that's who he is as a person. Of <laughs> is if he believes in something, he believes in it a hundred percent. And so, for him to come on and say, "You know what? I don't believe I should have this twelve hundred dollars. I'm going to give it away." That's badass. Yeah, I think that's that's a hundred percent, Steve. That's a hundred percent, Paul. That's that's super awesome. Um, other than that, the political stuff, I I don't like politics. Um, I follow them because I think that's my duty as an American. But as far as um, on that platform, it helps my, my escape from that in this world right now. And, right, okay. Um, he used the analogy of, of juggling chainsaws to provide content. So I understand why it gets off topic and, and such. And the timing of Mitch coming on and, and bringing <laughs> politics back up. Right. 
was awesome. It almost makes you wonder if they were listening earlier in, on and, and came in to throw that jab right away on purpose or not. But uh, I was okay with it for for a small bit. Um, and just like even like Steve's Twitter feeds and stuff like that, it's his platform and he can say what he wants with them. And that's what I love about it. You know, even the quad talk or what, everything we've been through with this whole quarantine time of no racing, of, he finds some cool stuff to talk about. If some of his politics might not be the thing that I want to hear about, but I'm okay with it because it's it's always uh, he always has an opinion and it's entertaining how he delivers that opinion. If yeah. I hopefully answered your question, no, there. you you did, and, and typically I would not care at all about uh, political discussion. I just wouldn't. But I found it I, I found it Monday night pretty entertaining because of the way he presents things, even with the, the race tech rant, which I assume is one of your favorite subjects there or favorite segments. Uh, his, his quote is or his, you know, saying basically, if you can't listen to the show, to my show because of something I say, then you're an idiot. And he's spot on, Cooksey. I mean, people who, uh, you know, get rid of the, the, the wrap-up show because I don't like it or get rid of this because I, because I don't like what he says, those people are fucking morons. And, those people need to be dealt with somehow. I don't know how, but it's I hate it. I can't stand it. Dude, they're horrible. Why why do we have to be on all the way on one side or the other? Why can't we just say, "Oh yeah, I see your point" and move on? Like it's brutal. It's really ridiculous. Hey, can I want to jump in one more thing about Steve? And a lot of people it's awesome that he's been giving us content through this whole downtime because it's not easy. There's not a lot to talk about in this world and not, you know, like you say it's juggling chainsaws. <laughs> a lot of the sponsors in the first couple of weeks, and I know Race Tech didn't, and props on check, props to you guys and that checkers. A lot of the sponsors froze their checks until they found out what was going on. So Steve was doing that, not knowing if money was coming in or not. Yeah, props to him on that. That's kick ass, man, because not everyone would do that. Yeah, you know, on this show and, and this episode, and most episodes, you can find all these moments where Steve really is a compassionate. Uh, good, he, like a, a really good human being. He's a good person, even though, as we're going to talk about later on with my call, where like Talon's buddy thinks he's an asshole, and that discussion <laughs> comes up. Look, Steve can be. We talk about this all the time. Steve can be very edgy. He can have very opinionated opinions that are very opinionated and not necessarily with the mainstream. But he's still a great human being. He still puts on a great product, and he really. I mean, I don't think people like Fly Racing and Race Tech and Guts Racing and Michelin would be involved with Steve if he wasn't a good person. I mean, business-wise, maybe they would be, but they're involved on a more of a family-ish almost way, you know, right? I mean, Checkers, you go in studio. You, uh, Randy Richardson hangs out with Steve, and he wouldn't. those people would not be involved with him the way they are if he wasn't a decent person. Absolutely, and I mean... I don't think Steve would have an issue with me bringing this up. It, when everything started with, you know, budgets getting locked and businesses closing and whatnot, he sent an email out to the sponsors and said, hey, I know that things might get a little tough here. If we need to adjust things, you can. Mm. And I'm willing to work with you. And he hasn't outed the companies at all that decided that, you know, they needed to put a hold on things and, and whatnot. And that was super cool and genuine for for us, and I can tell you the power of Pulp was the email meant a lot. My bosses and stuff saw it, and for me, it was a reply back to him of, you know, he's he's our voice right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have racing and stuff going on, and you know, it affects him more than you know a big corporation. You know, if 
if I'm pulling that out from, from Steve and don't make a payment to Steve, that's directly to him. He doesn't have a, a corporate bank account to fall back on, right? Like, that's a that's a huge deal. For, so for him to do that or, you know, in, like you said, he's done it a bunch of times. I'm thinking, I think it was Michael at Caden that he, he bought a set of wheels for. <laughs> you know, like, what do you need for right. your bike? Uh, I need a set of wheels. Yeah, and he's he goes, he, gets him a set of wheels. Yeah, he goes out of his way for people all the time. I mentioned that during my call. Um, yeah, so I I will defend him. I don't. He can bust my balls all he wants. I'm gonna defend the guy. Um, let's get back to the caller, Cade Clayson. Uh, we didn't touch on him too much. His interview, getting ready to go racing, talks about playing the uh, the the adult for the team uh, for his team, kind of trying to keep guys like Josh Cartwright and Logan in check, keep them out of trouble. Steve asked almost everybody Monday night who they thought was going to cause the most problems, getting the most trouble up in Utah. Uh, A-Ray came up an awful lot, Checkers. I, I love it. and uh, it, it seems like every time Cade's on the show, um, it, it happened when he was in studio, which I talked about a little bit with Jim Holly. Yeah. But a lot of times it's shared with A-Ray, or this time it was shared with Logan. Like A Ray or not A Ray, uh, K doesn't get the the spotlight. Um, I don't think A Ray is going to get in trouble. Honestly, I mean he has a free spirit and stuff, but he takes his racing very, very, very seriously. Uh, I think it's it's fun because it's always fun to poke fun of him at. Right. And honestly, the guy on the other side of the line, Mr. Carnell, might be the one that gets in trouble. <laughs> um, I, I love Logan. I'm bummed I didn't put him in my top five, honestly, because. If, if you don't know him, he's one of the guys that I would definitely get to meet. And that's Keeper brought up uh, just how his social media was with his chick and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While he was drooling over his chick. Uh, but that that personality of, that he showed on social media back and forth with him that Keeper fell in love with, I mean, that's Logan as a whole. Um, I, I don't go see a ton of guys during the day that don't ride for me because I just don't have a lot of time for it. But I always, always, every race I'm at, will go see Logan because uh, he'll put a smile on my face. Yeah, he, he's, I've got to know him a little bit this year. And uh, Amanda as well, his, uh, his, you know, I don't, I, I guess it's his girlfriend, you know, whatever. On a break. They're on a break. <laughs> uh, I was actually, I texted him as soon as they brought, as soon as Kiefer brought up Amanda, I texted him. I said, call in now. And he's like, "Why? What's going on?" And and I I told him that you know Kiefer's being Kiefer, and he's like, "Oh crap, dude! Keep this on the DL. We just broke up." So I was like, "Oh crap!" But he you know, and he's like, "Don't tell anybody." But then he went on to tell him, you know, go on the show and tell say that hey, they're working on things. Which but I was texting with him during the the whole deal, and the guy, man, he's a little bummed out right now. And yeah, but a great dude, Cooksy. Um, what about Kiefer bringing up? You know, he said. To hell with fantasy, because that was what they were talking about at the moment. Let's talk about Logan's chick again. <laughs> Kiefer loves oh, girls, sandwiches, and money. I love, I love Kiefer, but I was like, I was cringing for him when I heard that. I'm like, Kiefer, he just said he's on a break, and he's like cringing, and he's like, ah, uh, it, yeah, Kiefer, he's just, you're, there's no filter. He's going to say what he's going to say, and it is what it is. But you know what, though, when when the rate when it's off. That's the same Kiefer you always get. Right. Like he's not different. Like no. he'll tell that. He'll, yeah, that's that's Kiefer to a T, and that's what that's what kind of makes him great on the show. Is he's so authentic? Like, yeah, he's that dude. Yeah, the so. Kiefer, the Kiefer, the Kiefer's took me and Amber to dinner in San Diego, and as we were walking to dinner, I told Amber, I was like, "Hey, Kiefer's going to ask you about sex. He's going to 
You just, just be prepared and just whatever. Answer however you want. And yep, sure, it wasn't five minutes in. He's like, hey, Amber, do you call him dark side in bed? And that that was uh that's kefir for you but yeah i do checkers i do agree that cade sort of gets he has to share of his moment his 15 minutes uh every time he's on he got overshadowed by holly he even brought that up but he's always a good sport and ready to go racing um so looking for good things out of cade but i always enjoy when cade's on and uh you know the last time i think my, the last time he was on might have been was that when the issue happened with A-Ray and they kind of got into it? Do you remember? I think that was over the I think phone. it was. I don't think that was when he was in studio, right? And okay, I was he thinking was in it, studio yeah, yeah, and then, you're right. Um, last time he was in studio, Steve put him on the spot about the race thing, which was, <laughs> which was pretty funny. That was an ongoing joke with Kate and I as well. Yeah. Um, but we can actually talk about that uh, okay. now, I think. I think yeah, yeah, they got yeah, in trouble, but Kate had switched to running some race tech stuff in his bike, but there was no stickers on it, and we kind of both got told to uh, to knock off, let people know about it for for a short time there. Okay. Um, so that, but I think we're good to talk about it now. But Steve put him on the spot, and it, Kate was not stoked. What <laughs> at the moment? He was just staring at Steve like you had to bring that up, didn't you? That's another thing Steve does, uh, though, right? He will push those buttons and be and be like, hey. Yeah, you know, we're not supposed to talk about this. Oh, come on, man. You can talk about it. Nobody listens. Just And, I mean, dude, that's what that's his job, really, right, it's to get that info out. And even if it's his, some of his closest buddies, he's not afraid to maybe cross that line of friend versus business. He's like, ah, I'm, it's, when it's showtime, it's showtime. So, sure. Remember the, uh, the Moto Concepts goggle? That was the best promo X brand could ever get, I think, was that they weren't running the strap. Yeah, and that was actually before I started listening, but I do remember going back in the archives and hearing some of that. Yeah, that yeah, Steve's definitely not afraid. I mean, look, he he considers this a professional sport, a professional job, no different than the NFL hockey or anything else, and he's gonna treat it that way, and he's said it time and time again. So you got to give him the respect that he deserves. Uh, real quick, I want to thank the sponsors of the Pulpix Wrap-Up Show. Do what? I was going to say, wasn't Steve the guy that called out Stewart when he wasn't running the Pirellis at JGR and he put on the Dunlop for the practice? Wasn't that Steve? Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, Pulpix Wrap-Up Show sponsors Guts Racing, established in 1990 for the highest performance seat covers and foam. Visit GutsRacing.com. And also, if you want the... The mountain bike tires at Cam Zinc and Sam Hill Run. Visit bike.michelin.com for details. Or go to motorsport.com, and you can find both those products there. As well as going to the pulpmexshow.com. Click on the sponsor link tab. Sponsor tab. All the sponsor links are there. Discount codes, promo codes. Uh, there's some. I know there's some other sponsors that may not be on there, like Skosh. I don't know if all of them are on the sponsor tab. But all you got to do is listen to Pulpmex for the discount codes. And support the sponsors that support us. Okay, my next topic in my notes was my call. Um, as usual, Steve, you know, has got to give me shit, got to tell me what I'm doing wrong. But this, my call, during this call, we got a lot of good stuff. We got Talon's buddy calling Steve an asshole. Uh, we got Kiefer asking for an asshole drop where we got the new asshole deflection drop. Uh, checkers, give me your thoughts. I was I actually listened to that part twice because I listened to it just on the podcast initially. Um, happened to be driving when I was listening to it live. I was like, I need to go back and listen to it when I can watch it on the YouTube. 
and and see the face because Steve loves to give crap, and it really fires him up when people start to give him crap back. And part of it's for show and for jokes, but um, it uh, it his I, I don't know how to describe his attitude, but when he started using the asshole buzzer, he's like, "Dang it, this is gonna stick forever." Yep. You can just you can see it <laughs> and. Good on those guys for continuously. Um, I don't know whether it was Talon and or Marks just continuously dropping it in, but it was it was good. And I think that's something that's going to be here to stay. I think we'll be hearing that for oh, a while. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Other than the fact, Cooksey, that apparently all of Pulp Nation is now losing money, and I'm probably going to be paying to do the wrap up show because Steve was not. <laughs> you know, Steve was at least acting like uh, he wasn't thrilled. Dude, I love that, and I know Talon really well. You know, I've known him. He's a local here in Vegas, and he's not afraid to give crap. Like, he really, I mean, he, he, he'll he go right back at Steve, and as he gets more comfortable, I think he'll do it more, and I think that, that's going to be a good aspect of the show. Um, and, you, dude, I'm sorry, Darkside, you had the line of the night. When Steve said, if you're a media guy and you're not pissing people off, you're not doing well, <laughs> and you just come in there and you go, what'd you say? Uh, I'm doing great then. I must be doing it really right or something. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> oh dude, well, I was I was driving, and it's rare when I actually laugh out loud to myself. That one got me. I was like, dude, line of the show right there. Oh. That was so good. Awesome. Well, I appreciate yeah. the uh, appreciate the, the positivity for once. Um, well, Steve's advice, you know, as usual, he, he had some ideas on what to do, so, you know, the way I need to handle this. So right now I'm going to ask you guys, um, all-time favorite segments, uh, checkers. Favorite segments, um, tear-offs or after dark, for sure. Uh, X-brand tear-offs and grill your ass off yeah. after dark. Yeah, the, uh, the X-brand tear-offs have been there since day one, I believe, and I, the segment, even when the questions are bad, it delivers because then they just rip on Moser for terrible <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah, last but week. honestly, normally there's, there's really good questions there. And yeah, it's just that the segment it fits great with the show. It's a quick way to handle a lot of topics because a lot of times the show does get off subject of your bikes and motocross, but a lot of times it comes back to it. Yeah. And it brings something I'm super unique out. So that one always delivers. And then I just, uh, the passion that Kiefer has for After Dark, uh, <laughs> uh, is, yeah. it's awesome. It's just pure gold and entertainment all the time, um, especially when guys get in there with the really, really well-written moto emails. Um, <laughs> if they pull it off, they're, they're gold. So, yeah. I mean, I dig it. Uh, Cooksey, how about you? What's your favorite segments on the show, past or present? Past. My favorite segment is one that they don't do anymore. Do you remember future headlines? Well, yeah. I love, dude, I love future headlines. And I'm like, why don't you do it? And I know, I think it was JT that hated it. JT and I'm like, come it. on, guys. Yeah. Dude, that one, that one's definitely my favorite. And then the tear offs is always good. And believe it or not, I like voicemails. I, I, they crack me up. Jeez. Um, That's my least favorite. I do enjoy voicemails. Hate voicemails. So, that, so future headlines and voicemails. Those are probably probably not some real popular ones out there. Yeah, I get ripped on the voicemails, so I, I don't like them at all. Did you say yeah, that's your headline or voicemail? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Either one. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, all right, so let's, uh, Cooksey. You brought this up, and I found this interesting. This was one of your top five moments of the show. Um, I don't know how many people actually listen to the commercials. Monday night, there was three commercial segments, which is a little unusual. That that was because of the hot tub segment, which we're going to get to. 
But you mentioned that you really like the Michelin commercial with Dylan, Eli, superfan Dylan. Have, you haven't heard that before? No, because I always fast-forward the commercials. For some reason, I caught that one, and I just started laughing. Because <laughs> I love, like, Randy Richardson is so funny. That dude's just like, hey, they don't like this guy. This guy's polarizing. He puts him in the ad. I'm like, I was like, I just wanted to, like, high-five Randy right there. Yeah. I like Dylan. I love the passion. I might not always agree with what he says, but anyone that cares that much, they're good with me. So bring I, it in. I agree, and I have said that many, many times. So I want to talk about the commercials real, real quick since you brought that up. Obviously, you guys are business-oriented. We already said that. Um, I do a show uh, that also you know, counts on sponsor money to help get the thing done. Steve, very much, way more than us on a grander scale, needs that to happen. The sponsors, Racetechs, the Guts Racings, the Michelins, the Fly Racing, you know, they probably know, I assume, that listeners are able to and probably going to fast forward through these commercials. But I think with Pulp, at least for myself for sure, I know all these sponsors and I very much support the sponsors. Everybody knows that I'm constantly posting pictures and uh, whether it be the, the Wrench Rabbit kit or whatever, the Grill Your Ass Off spices, Fly Racing, Guts Racing, everything. You know, I have stuff from all the sponsors because I believe in the show and i want to support it um so checkers does it bother you that most people probably fast forward through the commercials or do you yourself do you actually listen to them just because you know they're there for a reason i um i've told steve before that i didn't care about the commercial uh, because i'm a listener and i typically fast forward through them uh, i know the reason you know and the reason they're there really is it's a long show and they need a break as much as anything the commercial doesn't have a ton of value for me as a as a company. At the same point, as a listener, uh, because of the Randy Richardsons of the world that make some super entertaining stuff, or the old Atlas Brace commercial, which I think it might even still be playing the the flight one. Yep, still is. Um, like at least once a year, um, at the beginning of the year when they do the refresh in January, I'll make sure I sit and listen through the commercials just because I want to hear the creative stuff that they come up with because some of them are very creative and entertaining and. Uh, so that that part to me to hear the creativity, and if everybody did that, I think more people would listen to the commercials uh, more often. And I think the video segment part has helped more people listen mm. to them as well because yeah, they're listening live or watching live. So uh, it's it's not as much listening when you're you're driving and you just fast forward through it real quick. Yeah, I asked Steve uh, why, like you know, he used to be able, you'd watch the Monday Night Football game in the background while you're watching the show on Facebook or whatever, and he said he he had to take that down because the the co-hosts were too busy watching the TV screen and not paying attention to the show. So then they came up with the idea to run the sponsor links uh, or the sponsor names, logos, uh, Cooksey. So uh, a couple years ago, Mathis did this thing where he would throw like little hidden words in in the middle of the, of the commercial so that you kind of had to listen and you could win prizes. I thought that was a really good idea, but they kind of got away from it. Did you ever, do you remember that? What do you think of it? So funny you brought that up because actually I went in the studio and I was asking him about the commercials. I'm like, well, how do you get people to listen to them? And I said, what about doing like a quiz or, and I don't, or having, having something in there? And I think, I don't know if I'll, I'll have to ask Steve for sure, but I believe I helped inspire that idea. Okay. Because I was like, well, what are you doing? And, but, but then he explained exactly what Checker said and how 
the sponsors is really about the reads. It's not necessarily that's just a gap to let them have some breaks. And that actually made a lot more sense. And I don't know how successful that was when they hid the words in. Um, but I, I like the idea. But better than that is what Checkers just said, the live, because you can't fast forward. That's perfect. Yeah. So. When you're watching, or, or the live, do you mean the live reads, or when they, or when they're on the screen? Well, when, when you're watching it, when you're watching it live yeah. or listening live, you have to listen to them. True. And, yeah, yeah. You know. So. All right, here we go. Here's the uh, the new segment, the hot tub, the bullfrogs, smart tops, hot tub segment. Heather Kiefer, Pookie Mathis in the hot tub. Um, guys, I really have no idea what they talked about. I just watched and didn't really pay any attention. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Cooksey, you go first. Okay, so I was listening to it, and when I heard it, I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to check it out. And then I heard it got banned on YouTube, so I'm like, oh, man. It's back up, by Heather the way. Kiefer. Oh, okay, well, I'll go check it out, because Heather Kiefer, she's, yeah, I'm sure Chris will be fine with me saying this, but damn, she's a dime piece, so, yeah. She's so hot, she got kicked off youtube so i'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah and poor pookie pookie was like oh you know she's like oh now i want boobs again she said she feels inadequate and everybody knows that i i like pookie she's she's my buddy now and i pookie. i don't i don't like that she feels that way no pookie's hot as shit too hell like, yeah i'm sure she's a good reason yeah it, it, yeah i'm sure that they saw pookie and her and they're like okay you got to get this off YouTube. It's too hot. Which I don't understand that because there's crap on YouTube. Like there's, you know, I don't know. There's all kinds of bikini stuff or there's, I don't, I don't get it. Checkers. I don't really understand how YouTube works. I guess somebody had to have complained. They talked about that. Yeah. And I don't think it got cut during the hot tub segment. It actually, no, it was after got cut during after dark, which, and then they re-uploaded after dark after. So I'm wondering if maybe it got cut because of after dark initially and not because of the, the hot tub segment, but they assumed it was the hot tub segment because that was that was the new piece. Um, I'm not sure. I think the the craziest thing to me is is the fact that Steve got his hot tub and pulled off the segment in right. the bullfrog spot with a smart top cover after all the trials and tribulations. I don't know if it's more amazing that he did that or managed the team for outdoors. But regardless, <laughs> I mean, I brought up the Moto Concept goggle thing where he was definitely upsetting some people. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that camp, it's uh, it's pretty amazing how people come around and whatnot. The segment was, I mean, it was hilarious. It was comedy as, as a whole. Um, and dude, it, he picked the right person to do it with by having the keepers there because Chris was just giddy about it. And, uh, he loves his female, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, <laughs> you, uh, Checkers, I think you mentioned this, uh, that – he he's very excited also about future co-hosts coming in and bringing their ladies and hopefully doing it again. Yeah, I think he wants Jake and Coke and Nicole Weimer in the hot tub. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely Nicole would be one. And like I, I think I mentioned Travis Preston and his girlfriend. She's she's pretty. Uh, she's a smoke show. So we'll see if this thing actually catches on and keeps going. But I, I do think just going back to what you said, checkers. I believe. They just mentioned it during Kiefer After Dark. It had gotten pulled before Kiefer After Dark started, um, and somebody had complained about, I, I guess the the cleavage or the the side boob or whatever. That's that's my understanding anyway. But it is back up. I noticed it today, and the Kiefer After Dark segments back up. So I don't really know how that works. It's pretty lame. Um, but yeah, you guys want to see? Guy, Go ahead. There was a guy, Schmanuel Blair, may have called in or. I don't know what's going on there. There's a rivalry with another podcast. 
Maybe that's not something. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Kind of I'm kidding. There's no rivalry I'm between kidding. main events. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. No, 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 not even a little bit. I mean, no. Right. But I was just kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe joke. now maybe one of the other podcasts <laughs> that rhymes with uh, I don't know. How Jeff Emmett call in. Who? <laughs> uh, Jeff Emmett call in. I, Rick, I won't even. Rick. I was just going to say whiskey <laughs> throttle. Oh, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, so. yeah, but shoot, man, how about Ping getting Ping and his wife up there? Guys, ever, guys, ever see Ping's wife? Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. Okay. All <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't remember I'm seeing her, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll move on then. Um, last segment of the night: the grill your ass off, Kiefer after dark, where we where Kiefer preaches confidence, communication, honesty, and how to circle the balloon knot with your thumb and not just boom, stick it in. Uh, all right, so checkers, you mentioned I'm, this is one of your favorite segments. Let's get into it. Oh man, I I don't have a lot to to really comment on it other than I just sit back and I listen and just the thumb checkers just the thumb. really good advice, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But, but he was honestly stumped on a couple of them and. It's so strange for him because there's a lot of them I listen to, and I'm like, there's no way he has any real good advice for he, for this. Um, but he was he was stumped a couple times, I think, right? Like the the one the poor guy's uh, wife, I believe, had just passed away and and whatnot. And I mean, that would throw me for a loop too. And props to the guy for being able to call in and talk about it and um, and even discuss it. But yeah, how do you? <laughs> Yeah, that, to hear Keeper stumped was crazy, but I, I mean, I understand why, but uh, I'm speechless about it that, that he didn't have anything. I was waiting for him to pull a rabbit out of his hat with that one, too. Well, yeah, I think that one with that one being very serious and, and kind of emotionally deep, he, he took it a little lighter and was like, not, not lighter, he was he was not as uh, Kiefer after dark, I guess. And just like, hey, dude, you need to you need to recover a little bit, Cooksey. Like, that's a big thing. And he, you know, even Kiefer said, I don't think I'd be ready to bone anytime soon. So maybe you need just to have a friend for right now, you know. And I, which was good advice, I think. I mean, I don't know how you'd handle something like that either. But like Checker says, he always, almost always, does have good advice, whether it's on the sexual side or the emotional side. I thought it was good advice, but I mean. I'm not going to lie. When that guy said my wife died, I was like, oh, like, that's not really like a pulp topic. That's more like Dr. Phil or something. I'm like, yeah. But Kiefer, I thought he, I thought he did a great job. And considering he got thrown that curveball, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to catch live. And I really like Kiefer's advice. I think it's really good, except for he had me cringing when he, when he mentioned starfish. I'm like, oh, you got me a little far out there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. <laughs> the chocolate, the chocolate starfish. Uh-huh. Chocolate starfish. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to pitch that. We're good. I'm, I'm a yeah. Checkers. How about Kiefer <laughs> being pretty calm about the fact that Heather wants to take a dildo to keep his backside? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. <laughs> he's uh, he's pretty open about stuff, right? Clearly. And, and the fact that she wasn't even really at all embarrassed when he's talking about sticking the thumb, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just their relationship. They're open. I'm guessing that they've talked about it privately at some point. Well, yeah, privately, openly. They're, oh. they're pretty. They're pretty open. Which, hey, man, it's great. It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, I like. I really enjoy the Kiefer After Dark segment as well. I know some people kind of like to stay away from it, but 
Yeah, it, and again, it's like we said, it's entertaining, but it's also it is helpful. You know, sometimes it's funny, but Chris is meaning meaningful. He's trying to be helpful, and typically, I think he is. You know, whether the people actually take his advice or not, who knows? But hopefully, uh, it won't go away. Grill your ass off and stick around. And just so you guys know. I actually ordered some of the, the gunpowder and the Cajun, uh, I forget what the name of it is, the Cajun-style one. Stuff's awesome. So if you haven't gotten any yet, do it. I believe the cult code is PulpMX or Pulp20. Uh, uh, I wrote it down somewhere, but uh, have you guys tried any of it yet? I haven't. I'll I, uh, tell you what. Oh, go ahead. I look forward to grilling my ass off a lot this summer. Um, yeah. Again, power of pulp. Uh, I mean, I, I also am one that supports the, the pulp companies and the pulp sponsors. So um, I have a new house I'm moving into with a new barbecue waiting for me. And there once that happens, there'll be a lot of grilling my ass off on the deck. Yeah, I uh, I got mine in probably a week ago, and I immediately went and bought a couple of ribeyes and you know smothered them in the uh, gunpowder, let them marinate overnight, and they were unreal. But the code is Pulpamex, Pulpamex code to save. And the guy's based out of Texas, which I did not realize until I got the bottles or the cans. And he's a vet. So it's vet-owned, Texas-owned, which, you know, that's cool. We've got to support our vets. Um, and it's a good company that wants to support the Pulp Show and the Kiefer Inc. testing shows. So, yeah, support those guys. It's, it's cool. I mean, it's better than the stuff you're going to buy in a store. Let's go do that. A couple more topics. I touched on that I hate the voicemails. I've just grown to hate them because... Obviously, typically they bash me, including Joseph and Manny this week. So f you guys. I don't really, I don't know. Um, what do you guys thought? So you, you Kiefer or uh, Cooksey, you like the voicemails. Why do you like the voicemails? I just like to hear the voice of the people. Okay, and it's usually the loud, the loud version. Uh, you know, like if ten people complain about you, Dark Side, that just means people are listening, and they're probably just doing it because they know it'll get played and. Do they really feel like that? I don't think so. You know, maybe they, maybe it's not their favorite show to listen to, but dude, they don't really want you kicked off the air. They don't really care. It's I not like, do. it's not like, but I mean, it's not like that's, if they do, they're morons. It's a podcast. You have to select it. It's not like it just pops up on your TV, you morons. Right. So, so I'll just leave it at that. But All I right. do like, I do like listening, listening to people and, and their opinions. Checkers, I, I really – the for, first voicemail was the guy that asked if uh, he got a Ridgeline, he could charge his e-bike, which I thought that was kind of cool because I didn't realize – I didn't know it had the, the inverter in the back, and Steve kind of was wondering if he was just making – the guy was making fun of him, but I thought it was a legit email, and I actually did like that particular one. Yeah, I – I mean, Steve, at one point when we were looking before the, before the race tech rant segment came about, um, even before the emails, he had offered me to sponsor the voicemail segment, and I said, "Hell no!" Wanted <laughs> nothing to do with it because I mean, really, there are there's a good voicemail here and there. There's some of them that will make me laugh. Four eighty Phil. Same thing with callers. Honestly, I like the fact that you can call in, and there are some that that are good. Um, Gringo, by the way, is another one that's always good. Uh, but most of the time, it, I just shake my head and say this is stupid this guy's an idiot is this really the pulp audience um, <laughs> i guess maybe i'm too deep into the sport because a lot of times they're either complaining about something or asking questions that i, I feel like are pretty much common sense um and it, it drives me absolutely insane uh, so yeah usually not a fan but i do like the fact that 
when the good ones do happen that they can call in and it makes the show more organic and where it can go. Yeah. Um, didn't Steve with the and, with the original question, didn't he say that he had done that actually? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I thought so. How cool is it that? It was like, oh wow. Hey, and then he's hey. like, Oh, actually I have experience with that. I just did that recently right. or something if I recall. Yeah. Cooksy, go ahead. Yeah. I, I hear you back there. That's that's the first time I've ever thought positive about a ridgeline. I'll, I'll start with that. And then uh, I like when they do. Like, you're blocked. Like, you know, I, I know. <laughs> I'm not worried. But I don't know. I, I make fun of it every time I go out riding with Steve. And I'm like, oh, how's that car working? So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, I like the voicemails when they're at the very end and they're just done. And so it just gives me a little extra. Uh, when they see, do mix it in the middle of the show, it's kind of rough. Yeah. I like it at the very end. So. Okay. Um, yeah. I, um, you know how I feel about one, it. Go ahead. One more thing on the voicemail that I will add is I like them a lot better when when Steve will pause and actually talk about or respond to the voicemail. Mm-hmm. One thing at the end of the show, a lot of times he'll play them, but if there's a question and it is a good question, if I don't get a response or a reaction from him, then it really kills that segment even more for me. Um, because there are That's times a fair point. him or one of the guests that I would like to hear a response from. Um, I agree. And I don't hear it. And so that also adds to the fact of, well, I, I tune in to listen to Steve and the co-host and the guests, and so if they're not giving any response, it's kind of like when he talks about the, the wrap-up show. If he doesn't want our opinion on stuff, he wants to hear us talk about what their opinions were on on items and, and whatnot. So I feel it's really similar to that. Yeah, which we probably didn't do that very well again tonight. But <laughs> um, Just blame me. It's, uh, yeah, I was brought by the Moto X pod. So. Well, I've never heard of it. Never heard of it? It's a great podcast. <laughs> it's Mortal one of my X favorite pod. shows. Uh, no, but uh, all right. Two I'm more kidding. topics. I'm kidding because I know Steve gets mad about that. So. He actually, he even said uh, during my call he really does it. He just busts my balls. It was his freaking idea. It's the, it's the joke, and that's why I, I always mention it every time I'm on. Does, does Steve actually listen to the wrap-up show very often, do you think? Yeah, he says he does. He'll, he'll uh, like he, last week I think he said he listens when he goes to sleep or he'll listen on a plane. Uh, yeah, he, he'll send me comments on certain subjects and like he said the other night that he feels like i misrepresent him and uh on the easy up topic i believe it was that was one of the key ones and i went back and listened and he was actually right i did kind of twist what he said a little bit so he he wasn't wrong but we'll we'll, we'll try to do better um Hey, Dark side. It's not like he. It's not like Steve's never ever twisted anyone's words. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, or, or sound issues, or if I have technical issues, all you gotta do is go back and listen to the early shows of Pulpamex uh, or some sound issues. And you know what? Happens. I love Kiefer and I love love Zach Osborne and I love JT. But sometimes there's sound issues on those shows too. So, anyway, moving on. Last two things I want to touch on. Jason Thomas mentioned when he was on that this next these next three weeks are going to be historic, and we're going to talk about these years from now, which makes me even more butthurt that I cannot go. Um, but looking, taking that that sentence or that that opinion, checkers, what do you think we'll look back on in ten years on these next three weeks? I know they haven't happened yet, obviously, but what do you think we'll be saying? Do you think we'll say, oh, that year was an asterisk? Do you think I, – here I go asking your opinions. But, uh, I mean, the guys on the show don't believe there should be an asterisk, and I don't either. But just what, do you, what is your thoughts on what we'll say 10 years from now on 2020 Supercross? Well, I'm hoping we won't say there's an asterisk 
because one of the title contenders couldn't race because they were running a fever or something along those lines. 100%. Um, I'm guessing that we probably will look back upon it. And if, I mean, I think it could really easily change the sport because I think we're going to find out that it really doesn't matter what stadium you're in and that having a lot of racing in a short amount of time is going to be a really awesome experience. And it's going to go by really, really fast. And then we're going True. to be missing racing again. Um, <laughs> even when it goes back to once a week, I mean, I'm a super fan of dirt bikes and racing. And once a week already, I look forward to Saturday. Every, you know, every week of, man, I can't wait till the race is on. I can't wait till the race is on. And I mean, I schedule my week around it. And I'm going to probably be missing it. And so in 10 years, I'm going to be looking back and saying, man, remember that one time when we got seven races in three weeks? Right. It was awesome. Yeah. Cooksey, how about you, man? I think this is the time where we're going to see the switch from Feld's business model where they sell tickets to Feld selling a media package. I've been screaming for this forever. You can sell a ton of media packages and TV sponsorship. There's no limitations. There's only so many seats in the stadium. But this has kind of forced them to go with a media package. And I think we're going to see the TV part of Supercross this is going to launch a whole new era. Um, and I think we're going to look back and say, oh, yeah, remember when they used to do it and it was so slow and they just worked through it. But now it, now it's going to be more made for TV. And I think it's going to be great for the sport. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, okay. What is something that you would like to that you wish Pulp did different or better, Checkers? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, does Cooksey have anything first? Let me think on this one a little bit if I can. All right, Cooksey. Yeah, absolutely. Bring back future headlines. Come on, man. <laughs> That's it? Bring back future headlines. Okay. Um, let me come to the studio more because Steve was so stressed out about the hot tub thing. He wouldn't let me come over because I wanted to sit in because I was going to be on this show. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, he was tense, man. He's not normally like that before the shows, but I could tell he was wound up. Like, there was a lot going on over there. And, right. Yeah, he was He was definitely stressed about how he was going to get out there, get that, get back in, and, and just make it flow. So, yeah, he just didn't want to have to mess with me being around there. So. Well, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, you call oh, it great, checkers? of course. Yeah, I want more, Bel- more Berluti, for sure. Um, yeah, he's I, right I, there in I Vegas. I agree. I miss that for sure, 100%. He's a, such a good co-host. And can we seriously figure out a way to bring the works connection Will call back? I mean, I, I'm i a huge Will Hahn fan. And when they first started the segment, too, him and Steve, they had this, this dynamic in their relationship that was so fun to listen to. And Will has a ton of insight. I, I understand it's not really on Steve's side to bring it back. Mm-hmm. But damn, can we bring that back already? <laughs> I, I miss it as well, but I'll be honest, and, and I know there's some stuff going on there, right, that probably came from above Will's head, but Will has blown me off a little bit lately, too. Uh, he was supposed to do a segment with me, and we, we scheduled this thing, or working on scheduling it, right around the same time that the stuff was going on with Steve, where he where Will wasn't coming on, and Will would be like, yeah, let's do it, and then I wouldn't hear from him, and we'd reschedule it, and he'd be like, alright, let's do it, and then I wouldn't hear from him. So, I kind of wonder if there's more going on than even we what we think is going on. He's just busy or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I have to think there's something. And that's the, the little bit of politics. Like, come on, guys, really? Yeah. Like, it's it just it, it, sometimes I think the sport tries to take itself too seriously. And this is one of those cases. What? Like, somebody got somebody got their feelings hurt, and it's this is the, the rumblings of it. And 
personally, I don't think it was Will. So. Oh, no, I don't either. I don't, I don't think anybody that, at least from Pulp Nation, really believes it was Will Hahn. And, and you just talked about that, the sport taking it too serious. Kiefer kind of brought that up with the Marvin Muscan thing. Uh, you know, trying to yeah, that's out. ridiculous. He brought that up, too. You know, why are we this way? Why is the sport this way, Checkers? I mean, uh, n- nobody really has an answer. It's it's stupid. It drives <laughs> me it. nuts. Stupid. It's terrible for the fans. It's terrible for the sport. It's not freaking rocket science. But Steve always says we're not curing cancer here. Yeah. Um, just tell us what's going on. It's not going to change anything. And if we want to be a big professional sport, then let's be a big professional sport. It's not going to change the mental game. Marvin's not racing. Okay, tell us he's not racing. It's not going to change anything if he decides to ride outdoors. Of, yeah, Marvin's not racing Supercross. Okay, big deal. Tell us what's going on. Let us know. He has a fan base out there. Don't you think that they wonder what's going on with their rider? Yeah, of course. It's crazy. But... What, I bet when once something gets announced, we'll probably hear it on Pulp first. Um, that's a wrap, guys. I think we're going to call it a night. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. I want to thank Motorsport.com, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Guts Racing. Please support these sponsors. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, if you want to add anything to the future Hello Pookie segment, Darkside at PulpMX.com. Let me know. Let me know what I can do better. Hey, Darkside. Yo. Can I give one shout-out? Checkers. Love the race tech suspension. Got it on my YZ450. Dude is good. So, thick ass. Awesome. Thanks for choosing some gold belts, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for coming on. That's a wrap. Why would you want to re talk about the Pulp Show?
evening, and welcome to the weekly Pulp 100 News. Hope all are well, except for you, Joseph and Manny, from the voicemail segment, F.U. I'm your host, Darkside, filling in for Dave Despain, who's out this week. What a week it has been. We're finally going back racing this week in Salt Lake City, and Steve Mathis and Pulp Mex covered it well on show number 426. With regular co-host Chris Kiefer in studio, there was lots to talk about. The show started with the ever-negative Mathis finding the bright side of COVID-19 by saying people are getting back active and intense taser sales are up. And you can find that information at the 11-minute mark of the show. As usual, show number 426 had some great guests, but the highlight was Pro Circuit owner Mitch Payton, who talked about business during COVID, getting back to racing, and answered a question as to why he doesn't try an adaptive bike by telling a story of crashing a mini bike. That interview starts at 32 minutes and 16 seconds. That means we have some breaking news. Steve Mathis does not like President Trump. <laughs> Go figure. He feels all politicians are crappy, but really intensely does not like this guy in particular. He says he doesn't understand why he got a stimulus check because of the income of his household. So he's going to give it away in the form of six $200 Amazon gift cards that are going to be given away to random fans. And all you got to do is go to contest at Pulpamex Show to enter. And he's also given away a $500 prize to the first fan that can find any proof that he's ever bashed uh, former Republican President George Bush. It's not about the Republican or Democratic Party, he says. It's, it's just the man, Donald Trump himself, that he does not like. You can find this information at the 13-minute, 35-second mark on the show. In other news, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Supercross is back in Salt Lake City, and Chris Kiefer and Steve discuss all their thoughts on this topic at the 20-minute, 30-second mark. Before we get any deeper into show 426, here's Jason Thomas with the weather. Dark side, I'm in Utah, and it's hot as hell over here. Thanks, JT, for the update. Next up was show friend and rap superstar Adam Intonap, also known as the Seven Deuce Deuce. You can find him at the one hour, 14 minute, and 28 second mark. He has plenty to say, including that he is not going to win the Yamaha T Privateer Challenge this year, and that outdoors sucks, and he loves Supercross. He says outdoors is like a white chocolate-covered strawberry, while Supercross is like a regular-covered strawberry. I'll give you a moment to digest that. Well, okay. Uh, what if you don't like strawberries? Anyway, here's a quick note from Steve Mathis. Next Monday's show in Utah will be old school. That's with a K, by the way. No video, no callers. He asked what the percentage is that he pulls this thing off. I'm sure to go splendid. Well, we probably should go to commercial break right now, but since show 426 had three commercial breaks, I won't. At 1 hour, 54 minutes, and 24 seconds, we are back onto politics again for Steve's Race Tech rant of the night. Steve is quoted as saying... Uh, you know what, though? I is love that really it. surprising, though? I love it. Like, someone disagrees with your opinion about a political person that you know nothing about, and you're like, I'm not going to listen. Like, I don't want those people listening anyways. Like, fuck off. Can you imagine, though... You're like, look, I really love bananas. Like, I just love bananas so much. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> well, that was a nice, lighthearted discussion of politics on the Pulp Mech Show. And Chris, Chris Kiefer says he's not really a political guy. He just judges people by how they treat him. Would you really expect anything less from Chris? Second guest of the night is Cade Clayson, who is not looking to push any limits of the rules in Salt Lake City and is actually playing the parent role with his teammate, Lorenzo Lucuccio to his younger teammates, Logan Carno and Josh Cartwright. 
Cade gives his thoughts on going to Utah, not making money in riding outdoors, which Kiefer has a pretty strong opinion on. To find that, go to the two-hour, eight-minute mark. Somehow during this conversation, Kiefer manages to bring up Logan Carno's girlfriend, so Logan eventually joins the conversation. Next up, show regular Jason Thomas from Fly Racing joins at the two-hour, 48-minute, 48-second mark and helps with an improved X-Brand tear-off segment. The possible highlight of the night happens next at three hours, 26 minutes, and 23 seconds. But first, here's Weege with sports. Uh, there aren't any sports going, and how am I supposed to talk about them? I'm, I'm in an airport and I have a mask on. It sounds terrible. And here's your update. There's no games and there's no scores. Back to you. Thanks, Weege, for that insight. The first ever Bullfrog Spa's Smart Top Hot Tub segment with Heather Kiefer and Pookie happened Monday night. Now, I have no notes on what they said because, frankly, I wasn't paying attention. I was watching on YouTube, and it really doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure the Tweet at Talon segment happened during this time frame, but once again, I was watching on YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Go find that on YouTube. Watch it again. All right, next up, all you Dark Side fans can listen to my call at 4 hours, 2 minutes, 24 seconds, and hear what I'm doing wrong, how myself and all the other employees of the Pulp Mech Show are losing money because of the new asshole deflection sound drop that Kiefer loves, and why there hasn't been any sound checks for a while. And so apparently, I am not getting one because seemingly nobody cares. Next up is my least favorite segment, the voicemails. They're found at 4 hours, 24 minutes, and 12 seconds, but really, who cares? And lastly, Mathis, Chris, and Heather close out the show with another edition of the Grill Your Ass Off Kiefer After Dark, where Chris helps listeners by teaching confidence, communication, honesty, and how to circle your chick's balloon knot with a thumb and not just, boom, sticking it in. Chris, you're the best. Well, that's it for another Pulpamex show. Can't wait for next week. Once again, I am Darkside from the Moto Xbox show, and I really hope Joseph is happy. F you, bro. Yeah.